Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. From Mamma Mia, welcome to the Spill Your Snackable daily podcast for your pop culture fix. Hi, I'm Laura Brodnick, Mamma Mia's entertainment editor. And I'm Kirice. I work at Social Squad, Mamma Mia's in-house social media agency. Laura Brodnick, TGIF. It is Friday. I know it's Friday because there's already wine in the kitchen ready for this afternoon. Oh, cheers, babes. <laughs> On the show today, everyone is talking about Netflix's number one movie this week. But in addition to being very sexy, is it wildly problematic? And Weekend Watch, our top recommendations for what you should be watching this weekend. I'm the best singer in Tasmania with teeth. Love it. What's your name? Fat Amy. Um, you call yourself Fat Amy? Yeah, so twig bitches like you don't do it behind my back. But to kick off the show today, actress and comedian Rebel Wilson is currently on her press tour for her new Amazon Prime show, LOL, Last One Laughing. And in an interview with The Sun in the UK, she talked about turning 40 and 2020 being her year of health. And then she revealed that for years, she was actually paid to stay overweight. Yeah, so she went to the idea that she has an, uh, she gives each year of her life a theme. This is always going to be the year of health for her. And um, she's quoted in the article as saying that she, it's not like she wanted to lose weight or get to a certain number. It's more that she wanted to kind of look into mentally why she was overeating. And that's when it kind of, um, she got into that conversation of saying that she had had a job and had studios pay her a lot of money to be bigger um, at times during her career, especially when she made it big in Hollywood and that it really messed with her head. Yeah, which is something I had never really thought thought about uh, of being a possibility but absolutely makes sense and in this article they also reference the fact that um, in, in a previous interview she had revealed that when she went to her agency that she ended up signing with they signed her because they had no one that looked like her so I guess that kind of feeds into this idea of they need to have a, this diversity thing but also paying someone to keep up a certain look. Yeah, exactly. And look, the, the idea behind that of thinking of looking at the talent they have and being like, well, we have no one above like a really small size is a good one. Yeah. But then that idea they kept pushing her into only doing roles that were centered around kind of her weight and the comedy around that. And obviously she, she does a lot of her own movies now, like she produces and, and directs and writes and everything. So she's really like elevated her own um, career away from that. But I think for a while she was stuck in because the, obviously in Australia, we got to know her through the TV show Fat Pizza, but in the US, she really broke big over there through the Pitch Perfect franchise and her whole gag and that was being Fat Amy and the right. kind of comedy that came around that. And that's a really great role for her. But you can kind of see how then they were, they were scared that if she had any kind of change in her body, that all those roles would go away. It's this idea of someone who was known for being bigger and um, funny, that if they lost weight, somehow they wouldn't be funny anymore. Yeah. that's a, And that's a really big trend in Hollywood that doesn't really get talked about a lot. I remember a few 
few years ago, Julia Morris um, did an interview with the Herald Sun and she talked about the fact, because she spent two years in LA trying to kind of make it make it over there in the industry and got a few jobs but ended up coming back to Australia because there was so much more work for her here. But she said her talent managers over there said to her that she was too in between. So she either had to lose a huge amount of weight to kind of play the leading lady or put on a lot of weight to then play the comedic best friend and get those roles. Wow. And even though she's like, well, I'm just kind of like, a, not that there's a normal size, but she's like, I'm just the size I am. And they're like, well, you don't fit into the either mold. leading lady or funny best friend. You've got to pick a side. It's so interesting. I wonder, do you think there's more scrutiny on women in that? But I also think maybe men face the same thing. Like when I'm thinking about this, my um, example that comes to mind is Chris Pratt, who right. we got to know as like the chubby, funny guy in Parks and Rec. And then he had this amazing, well, I say amazing, just flows off the tongue, but he had a quote-unquote glow up where he lost weight and turned into this like chisel leading man for Jurassic Park. Yeah, oh, for Guidance of the Galaxy, actually. You oh, know, I'm not, so going sorry. Away from Only because... Um, I'm okay. so sorry. Because <laughs> um, that was the kind of the, the point of that movie. A casting director kind of had this idea that what if our leading man has this big body transformation? That would be a selling point for the movie and that's wow. why he did it. Because that was kind of like a, almost like a supporting narrative in their marketing. And Seth Rogen's talked about it too, the actor, um, on a few different podcast saying that um, he was kind of also not encouraged to really kind of lose weight and go down that Chris Pratt path of um, like kind of like getting that muscle chiseled look because they're like you're the goofy funny guy like you've got to kind of have that look about you and even going back as far as Melissa McCarthy when she first started starring on Gilmore Girls back in like 2001 or 2000 when that show premiered and she said that she her weight fluctuated a lot while she was on the show and when she slimmed down a lot people were worried that she wasn't, you know, going to be that chubby best friend actress anymore and who's going to want to hire you now if you're not fitting into that mould. And and so, yeah, it's a really interesting thing as much as we see actresses and actors being told to stay smaller on the other end of that, being told to stay in a certain weight. It's, like, equally problematic. Are you lost, baby girl? Why am I here? I want to get out now. Afraid this is impossible. You have 365 days. I'll do anything so you can finally love with me. Bit of a disclaimer before we start the next topic. It's going to get a little sexy in here and there's also going to be a lot of spoilers for a new movie called 365 Days. So it's a Polish erotic romantic drama and it's currently number one on Netflix and it's been described as a more hardcore version of Fifty Shades of Grey and it's become a little bit controversial thanks to some very intense should we say, um, sex scenes and a plot that is wildly problematic. So I'll give you a little bit of top line what the story is about and then I guess we can delve right into it. So it tells the story of Massimo, a member of the Sicilian mafia family, and Laura, Lara. Please don't say I'm that. Sorry, it's still I had troubling to, I to had me. To. A Polish sales director who is on a trip in Sicily for her birthday and she's kidnapped by Massimo and given 365 days to fall in love with him. And if she does not fall head over heels in love for him, then she's free to go. But in the meantime, she is trapped. Two important things to mention. They're both smoking hot. And he's filthy rich. Laura Brodnick, you were the one who suggested we watch this. I and when know. I sat down with Charlie last night, I had a bit of explaining to do. I'm so sorry. Because it turned into a wildly problematic, sexy movie. 
I am so sorry. When I suggested we watch this, I had only seen like a few like people talking about it online yes. and I knew it was the most streamed movie on Netflix at the moment. And I thought it was a fun, sexy movie where maybe she was on a holiday and she meets right. a guy and they have a lot of sex and what a funny episode that'll be. I'm so sorry. I didn't realise it was like kidnap, trauma, porn and yeah, wildly problematic. Yeah, I mean... It, let's start with this. It's actually based on a book, a trilogy series yes. by a Polish author called Blanka Lipinska. Nice. Thank you so much. Um, and it starts off, 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 they're in Sicily and they meet for the first time and he says, are you last baby girl? Sort of and then he kidnaps her. <laughs> and the, exactly. And so it, it premiered in Poland where it did um, fairly well in the cinema there. It got a limited release in the UK, but it's not till it dropped on Netflix that it got this huge fandom around it. But yeah, it is about, so he had some near-death experience and he'd seen yes. her on a beach five years earlier and set out to find her. And yeah, kidnaps her and puts her in his mansion and says that he won't T- rape her essentially, which no, no, is no. lovely. Because consent is big. Yeah, I, I but mean, capturing not so much. Not so exactly. It's not like she can actually leave, and that he'll get her to fall in love in three hundred sixty-five days, which they do have this kind of wild sex story. But I just felt—I mean, look, some of it was quite funny in terms of that it was just so over the top. Like the giant picture he had of himself that was like over the bed while they were having sex, <laughs> and and the fact they had that fight on the boat. Then she falls off the boat. It's not even that far, and she starts drowning, and he has to dive in to save her. And I'm like, sweetheart, just. Just like let your body be buoyant like it's not a rough ocean the water is still and then she and that's important because it leads into that whole big marathon sex scene they have on the boat which went for my so, so long. long so long and I, the, the positions I don't think we need to get into the position but like the positions it was so many positions I was like wow haven't seen that one before I didn't think I was a prude it made me feel like a prude right it's just also people keep comparing it to 50 shades of grey which I do want to get into the like similarities between them but I would say if Fifty Shades is like on a scale of one to ten of raunchiness, it's a two. This was a nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was not prepared. A hundred percent. Well, in that kind of, um, I guess, the sex scene thing, it was just like there were so many areas that they were having sex. It started in, <laughs> is it the hull of the boat underneath? It started there. And it was, you know, all over the shop. Blah, blah, blah. And then they're on, the, they're on the roof of the boat. The sun is beaming down on them. And they are doing some really crazy positions. But can I just rewind back a little bit for when she first gets um, kidnapped? And then he takes her on a shopping spree and I was definitely getting like like a sexy pretty European pretty woman vibes. Oh, also like troubling. big mistake, huge mistake. And I'm like, am I, this is problematic because I'm feeling it on one hand and then on the other hand I'm like, I shouldn't be feeling this way. No, you shouldn't. But a lot of people are saying that. Like I would, like I've seen this trending on Twitter and people are saying on Facebook after they watch this movie, like, oh, I wish I had a Massimo to kidnap me. Oh, no, but no. you know what? The, this the, is you 2.0. Exactly. Oh, I was going to say that because you know what the um the kind of uh, like idea behind this is all these um shows or movies where you have this so kind of going almost to Twilight kind of that thing of that yes. abusive relationship to Fifty Shades of Grey and now to 365 it's this idea that you can be kind of kidnapped and you'll fall in love or be in an emotionally like abusive relationship but it's okay because the guy is rich and hot and hot exactly and conventionally attractive and he locks you up in a mansion and he's able to like in 50 shades like fly you over the place buy you beautiful clothes and Mm. all your sex scenes are taking place in a penthouse apartment or a yacht if he was poor this would be a very different movie if they would have been if he had kidnapped her and put her in a trailer 
which, you know, that would have been a horror movie. But because it's in a mansion, we're calling it like an erotic drama. That's the so only difference. True. That's the only difference. That is so, that is sad. That is right? sad. That's a really sad reality. But it is so true. It would be like, a, like her, oh my God. Yeah. You are so smart, Laura Brodnick. I love it so <laughs> much. I know. I just can't let anyone enjoy anything, but I was just watching and it kind of glamorous this idea, like, because she really does want it. Like that scene where he gets the bodyguard to like pick her up and she's kicking and screaming and fighting and he drags her onto the plane and they buckle her into the seat. It's like she's in a straight jacket, she's in a straight like jacket. pretty much. And but then he like fondles her nipple. Exactly. And then That's it's okay. Abuse. It's okay because she finds it a bit cute. And they're on a private plane. Exactly. And then it kind of builds towards this story where the idea that she was in this really um, unhappy relationship beforehand and now she's found this kind of like love and sexual gratification with him. Mm. The kidnapping is forgotten. Oh yeah, it's forgotten. It's completely forgotten. Yeah, well I'm sorry I suggested to, that we watch it, but in a way everyone talking about it so it's good do we want I know I said we wouldn't talk about the ending do we want to just quickly talk about the ending yeah I think we should right. spoiler for anyone I mean we've spoiled the whole thing anyway yeah you're gonna want to skip through maybe 30 to 30 60 seconds <laughs> while we fall while we ruin it for you so two months in she says oh my god I love you I don't need 365 days because Massimo you are the one <laughs> and then he says will you marry me and she says yes Obviously, even though you've told me that I have to come and like not invite my family to the wedding and not tell no. anyone where we are, and I've dyed my hair blonde to kind of protect myself from your enemies, yes, let's definitely shack up and get married. Oh, of course. But, you know, it's a tragic tale, and we're in Italy, so <laughs> it has to be huge. And she finds out she's pregnant. She's on the phone to him, about to tell him, I'm going to tell you after dinner, I'm going to tell you that I'm pregnant. And then... That's it. We don't know. We think she's been killed. One of his bodyguards has received a phone call. Laura is about to be oh killed. God, please stop saying that. I was I was so upset that her name was Laura. I had to like block that bit out. But at least I pronounced it differently. Yeah, right? exactly. Laura, are you last baby girl? Oh my god, sorry, baby girl, are you last. I'll oh, stop it. I'm gonna have to see that in my nightmares. Anyway, so I guess the theory is: Did she die? Didn't she die? What's gonna happen next? Well, I hear that the movie, the next movie, is already in production. The next movie is in production because this was only the first book of the trilogy. Of course, so the um, production has started on the second one I do believe it's probably not actually happening right now because of COVID yeah. but it'll pick up and I guess you know she's probably not dead so there's more glamorous abuse in the future for us to watch looking forward to it no oh no 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 no, no. <laughs> move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody anywhere and in case you missed it we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favorite sweat sessions Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. I finished my work week on my couch, ordered some food. It's time for Weekend Watch. Our recommendations of what to watch this weekend. All right, it's Weekend Watch time. We didn't decide who would go first, so I'm going to let myself go first. Great. So mine's a little bit different. Mine is of the audible kind and it is an original podcast called Debutante Race Resistance and Girl Power so the host it's been made by Miranda Tapsell and Nakia Louie so both amazing actresses um, and 
creators. So the two stars come together. They're actually best friends as well, which makes it even funner. They're quite funny. And um, they come together to really explore this idea that these debutante balls within the Indigenous community continue today as, as more of a celebration of cultural pride and they kind of break down these beauty traditions and and find the power that it has in it. And they um, travel around and talk with a lot of different people and they actually have two, they both have quite a personal um, relationship with it. So Nakia's mum actually today runs a um, Indigenous debutante ball in Western Sydney and then Miranda's mum attended, had her own deb ball in the 70s. So it's they've got a lot of kind of... Um, families coming a lot of members of their family coming on and talking about it so there's a great thread of these like amazing stories that are getting told back to us and I just think that like in the moment that we're in now when when a lot of people are really looking for different resources to educate themselves this is a part of history that should have been taught at school because it goes so much further than a dead ball it goes into the history of um, our indigenous people within Australia and it's so interesting it's something that I never would have come across if this hadn't have come together and I think it's interesting because it's bringing together beauty, it's bringing together race, it's bringing together Australian history, and then it's bringing together two of our most successful Indigenous actors and creators in Australia who are talking about it from such a personal level. I just had an amazing time listening to it. And we also have an interview, which I'm so excited about, that we did, and that's going to be dropping tomorrow. So start listening to it. You can get it on Audible. We'll link it in our show notes below. And then we have our special interview with Nakia and Miranda dropping tomorrow. Laura Brodnick? For my weekend watch this week, so The Bold Type is back on stand the last couple of weeks, not my recommendation, but there's only one episode a week. So people keep saying to me, what else can I watch that's like The Bold Type to kind of fill that gap? And the answer I always give them is Good Trouble, which is a show that's also on stand. Oh, I haven't heard of this. Yeah, it's really good. So it's a spinoff of the series The Fosters, but you don't have (gasps) to- I love The Fosters. You've watched it? Okay, amazing. But I was going to say, you don't have to have watched The Fosters to to be able to watch and enjoy this, but in the Fosters is also on Stan and it's and it amazing. And so good. Oh about a foster family, a mixed race foster family and the kids and everything. And the mums so, are in a same-sex relationship. Yes. It's so, such a progressive show. Yeah, it's so progressive. And there's five seasons of The Fosters on Stan. But the spin-off Good Trouble is a story of two of the sisters, Callie and Mariana, and it picks up their story five years after The Fosters. So they finished college and they moved to Los Angeles together to start their adult lives and their first jobs. So one, so Callie starts um, working for a judge as a law clerk and Mariana becomes a software engineer they move into this kind of big communal living apartment in LA with all these other 20 somethings um and it's kind of about their careers and in LA and trying to make it there and like the falling in love and relationships and friendships and it just really got this amazing vibe between the two of them and Maya Mitchell who plays Callie is actually an Australian actress which is really interesting so true yes I remember when I got into the Fosters I was like Instagram stalking her like mad oh really I had no idea you love the Fosters um so there's yeah two seasons at the moment two full seasons of Good Trouble and it's just really fun, comforting, interesting watching, kind of use that same idea of the bold type of that kind of, you know, women's careers and their 20s and all that kind of vibe. So yeah, it's such a good weekend watch just to settle, settle down and binge the whole two seasons. Thank you so much for listening to The Spill. We hope you've had a fantastic week and remember, I'm going to say it again, until you join, we have a Facebook group. We put all our recommendations in each day, we pop in every episode that we do and we have great threads of discussion going on there so make sure you hop onto facebook and search the spill podcast this episode of the spill was produced by hannah bowman we'll see you on mamma mia.com.au bye bye